Namaste. Welcome to the Hindu Parenting Podcast. Of all the world religions today, Hinduism is unique in that it is the only surviving major religion to have a living and vibrant tradition of goddess worship. We are currently in the middle of the Sharad Navaratri celebration. Different regions of Bharat celebrate these nine days with different traditions but equal fervor. This time, on our continuing series of festival episodes, we'd like to focus on the celebration of Durga Puja from Bengal. Our guest today is Moni Deepa Bose, author, columnist, and research scholar. You can find her articles on history and heritage in many publications. She has recently published a book titled Himachal Temples and the Bengal Connection. Namaste, Moni Deepa Ji. Namaste. Thank you for uh, inviting me on the show. It's lovely to have you on our podcast. Um, so Durga Puja today is synonymous with Bengal. You know, that's the first thing that comes to our minds as soon as we yes. think Durga Puja. Yes. And uh, yes. you grew up in Kolkata. Kolkata. Yes. Okay. So, so tell us what it was like to be in the midst of the puja celebration there. What excited you the most as a child? Uh, see, Durga Puja is something, uh, you know, you have to be a Bengali staying there in Kolkata to understand what it means to us. It is, uh, let's say, a part of us, part of a very living existence, part of a, it's there in our blood, part of our genetics. It's part of the Bengal life, basically. We cannot, uh, the moment the Durga Puja Vishwajan starts, you will find people writing, posting that, uh, this number of days left to Seema. Let us not be sad so we can start counting the days. From the time the Murti, they start uh, making the Murti, that day that day is a big celebration also. People start writing CVNR counting days, 100 days left, 150 days left. So it is, everything is centered around Ma in Bengal life. So mm -hmm. those, uh, our puja starts from the sixth day, Shashti. So, from uh, for Bengalis, those five days are very important days. Like they see in those five days, uh, most of the Bengalis don't cook at home, except for morning uh, food. They don't cook. They go out. They eat outside. They eat in pan pandals. They have this community bhog system where uh, uh, anyone who comes in here, we can eat bhog. Bhog is the ma's uh, prasad. So people eat that. For the next four, four days till uh, Navami, uh, we say Heshel Bondo means uh, cooking kitchen is closed. We are not cooking anymore. Okay. So, uh, so it is a huge thing for us. And it's a community-based puja. So we go out, we go to the pandals. Maybe we don't know that place. We are just pandal hopping and we go to some place. They're giving uh, bhog. We just stand there, eat bhog. Unknown place completely, but it's a part of the community puja itself. So... We go eat there. We go after after the bhog lunch. We start again pendle hopping. Go to a different pendle. But uh, it's it is a sort of community puja. So everybody is involved in it, and it's club um, Durga puja and Bengali as you said synonymous. We cannot think of any without Durga puja. Our existence is not there. You can say. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and, uh, so, children especially wait for this puja because uh, in Durga puja, Bengalis will have five new dresses for the five days. 
every day you have to wear a new dress with the two uh-huh. grandest dresses on ashtami and navami and every day shashti you have to put a new dress uh, on because it's considered ma has come and you have to wear a new dress after that every day it's a new dress so the children especially are very children and women women to will go and buy new sarees for each you know, new one for each day and children they get uh, dresses very young ones get two dresses per day and so it's a huge festivity and new dresses new jewelry new sarees so it's a big thing for the bengalis yeah so it's it's a time to let loose no <laughs> basically yes let go of everything and just enjoy ma has come home so let us enjoy yeah. let go of everything yeah so what is the story behind worshiping ma durga at this time it is actually ramayan uh, in bengali version not the original ramayan not the valmiki ramayan in uh, bengalis we have the bengali version written by krithivas ojha he had okay. written um, bengali ramayan he had translated uh, the valmiki ramayan but he had made certain changes according to the bengal uh, area local pujas and all Uh, mm-hmm. since matrika puja uh, the devi puja shakta puja is very strong in bengal what he had done is there is a part where uh, ram sri ram he worships before going to ravan he is worshiping a god he, in valmiki ramayana he worships aditya that is sun sun god but mm-hmm. what uh, krithivas ojha did since uh, durga worship is very popular uh, in bengal matrika worship so he changed that and he put in that lord rama before going to uh, the war with uh, ravana he worshiped devi durga and there's a lovely story attached over there where he is doing puja and he is supposed to durga puja you have to offer 108 lotus flowers to ma and okay. uh, he is uh, he is when he is offering that 108 lotus he finds one lotus missing there is only 107 lotus flowers one flower is missing he searches for it he doesn't find it so what he does since i is also known as is equivalent to a lotus and uh, so what he does he tries to pick his own eye and give it to the devi as an offering i don't have uh, 108 lotus i have 107 i'm offering you my eye instead so then devi comes and said no you don't do it it was my maya that he could not find the 108 uh, lotus and uh, and now i'm blessing you now you go forward and fight with ravan you have my blessing you will win the war so uh, very very beautifully written very very nicely and this has become popular everywhere so everybody knows that lord rama worshiped devi durga before going to ravana and it was her blessing that made him win the war but when you say i mean people usually say ma has come right that's what you also said so yes this is, is how it started that is now that, what that has happened is, is that now what has happened is that bengali this ramayan uh, ram puja was very popular in bengal before sri chaitanya came in and brought in sri krishna sri chaitanya is the worshipper of uh, krishna he brought krishna. in the krishna worship yes yes but ramayana uh, in vaishnav in ramayan ram puja in vaishnavism is very popular before 14th 15th century in bengal at that time sri krishna was not that popular radha krishna was there but it was not that popular in vaishnavism people would worship lord ram it became popular only after uh, sri chaitanya made it popular so before right. that ram was popular so this story was always there so, uh, we, sri ram worshiped devi durga and went to war 
what had happened is that with that the bengalis in a it is form of let's say it's a local tradition they see devi durga as a daughter daughter of their of the family who is coming uh, during the puja four day five days that she's coming she's going to stay with us the as a daughter of the family so it is that is why this celebration is so wild people go so happy in craziness buying new jewelry because the mother the daughter of the family is coming and she's going to stay with us for the next 5 days like the nice. mother is very happy when the daughter comes home from the in-laws home same feeling the same happiness that daughter is coming home this is a local tradition this is nothing to do with puranic story or anything this is very local very 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 dear to heart of the bengalis that ma is coming meaning the daughter is coming and we are now going to celebrate because she's coming from in laws to visit her maika so uh, that is how we see it the if you have a durga puja in the house the main uh, oldest lady in the house is seen as the mother and so her daughter she will uh, treat devi durga as her daughter she will uh, Uh, when she comes mishti mukh we say give a sweet when she goes also she will give sweet put sweet in her mouth and say come again next uh, next year so it's a very mm-hmm. close you know one to one very interpersonal relationship with durga it is not just she's a goddess and uh, we worship her no it is a very family sort of thing it's i'm sure other communities also have their own like uh, gopal is very close to the it's like a member of the family Devi Durga is also that in Bengali. She is a part of the family. She is a family member who comes for four days and five five days and stays with us, and then she goes away. So we again start counting when she will come once she goes. So it's a very interpersonal relationship with the, the Devi. It's uh, something you know you have to stay there to see how people feel, how people interact with her to understand. You know, we had done a Ganesh Puja. Uh, podcast very recently uh, mm-hmm. with the Ganesh uh, Gauri tradition from Karnataka, and mm-hmm. it is uh, it is totally amazing how similar the folk tradition is. You know, the daughter mm-hmm. of the family mm-hmm. coming yes. back to visit the celebration, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know the the folk traditions in different parts of India are mm. um, are are not only just beautiful, but they all seem to have. you know the same uh, thought process behind it the same tradition yes yes it's a very forms. very it was when it was made this connections there were very well made connections very well thought of connections i am when i read the vedas and the puranas all these things i find those time people are very intelligent they knew how to connect everything keep people together it's very beautiful if you read the vedas and the puranas and how it has been connected till the modern era Uh, i have written papers on uh, this shakta development when i read when i was reading the research papers i was thinking our ancients were so intelligent they connected things so beautifully and made this entirely beautiful religion so it's uh, these connections that we are finding now like karnataka this way the same story bengal is also saying in a different way these are all connections cultural connections between uh, various communities brought together under one big umbrella which is hinduism true and then there is also the beautiful connection between the folk tradition and the yes. overall uh, the tradition that is passed down from say the itihasas and the puranas yes. and yes. Th- that yes. again is a beautiful connection and uh, you know woven together so nicely yes beautifully woven so uh, uh, what is the reason for this matrika worship being 
so strong in uh, Bengal. Uh, it is the Shakta form of worship, no? Uh, it is the Shakta so form of worship. Um, because, um, uh, you know, there are, I have uh, written, uh, read some of the anthropological papers. Some of them say that uh, the eastern zone of India had a strong, possibly, this is not uh, very, what to say, there are a lot of contentions on this also, but uh, they're saying possibly it was at one point a uh, matrical society where the mother, even in certain parts of Northeast uh, India, you still find there are some matrical societies where the mother is the main part, not the father. And uh, probably from there it uh, came, it originated. The hill people, the Himalayan states, many of them had matrical societies. Eastern, uh, Northeast part, they had that. These are all documented. Bengal uh, we don't have documentations of the metrical society, but it is possible that they also had a metrical, I'm talking of prehistoric, proto-historic era. They had this uh, metrical society where mother was the main figure. And from that, it has remained strong in that part. You see this uh, Matrika worship is still strong in Northeast India, Eastern India, and in the Himalayan states. Himachal mm -hmm. has a very strong connection to Bengal. So it has got carried over there. Himachal has a very strong Matrika worship also. So mm -hmm. uh, somehow these, uh, I feel it could be because of matrical society. And see, as I had told you when we were discussing that uh, mother goddess worship, Matrika worship is the ancient most form of religion. It was first religion that man had where they worshipped the woman because she could procreate. She was creating new life in her inside her body. They couldn't understand how it was happening, but they knew that she is creating a body. So she has some magical power. Ancient men thought this way. She has some magical powers to create a life. And since we need more children uh, to continue with a human uh, this civilization, so we need to worship this uh, woman who is creating new life. So that is how Matrika worship started. And then it got associated with the agricultural fertility also. They're seeing that a woman is uh, creating uh, life inside her. Crops are also something similar. New crops are coming on. That is also new life coming on. So they associated the earth also as mother goddess, the Bhudevi. So mm -hmm. that is how it got. Uh, first came the worship of the human mother, human woman as a matrika. Then it got associated with uh, the earth, which is Bhudevi. So these are all very ancient forms and somehow it got continued in Bengal, northeastern part, Bengal, Orissa, Bihar. These are very strong uh, Matrika worship places. So somehow, you know, the, this is when you say that, uh, give us an example of continuity, religious continuity of uh, in uh, India. Matrika worship is one of the best examples to give. It is there in Harappa. We know there are Matrika figures. It is there in pre-Harappan period in uh, Balochistan. There have been found uh, figures of the Mother Goddess, uh, which is prehistoric, which is pre-Harappa, even earlier than Harappa. And um, that is now continuing in the more evolved form as Devi worship in Bengal, Northeast India, in Bihar, Orissa. It's still continuing. Uh, I was just uh, asking Shalini, isn't there some form of this in Kerala also? Yeah. I think so, because when I have uh, written on this or spoken on this, Kerala people say we also have a very strong form of Matrika worship. Mm. Yes, there is. So it, it is, it is very possible. strong too. Yeah, very, very strong in Kerala also. Mm. Mm. Very strong folk 
forms of worship you know um, yes it still yes. continues in, in in that in that form actually that was the original form this what we now see yeah. as folk traditions and all yeah, that was the correct, original correct, form of yeah. religion i know we have slotted um, it into folk and classical and yes the, these all these slots are tribals yeah. and folk these yeah. are all british given terms these were not exactly. these are all part of uh, yeah. india yeah we have just been a continuum uh, i think yes. we have it's unbroken this labels yeah yeah True. yes this yeah. tribe words tribes and uh, folk and everything is adopted from the british the european uh, colonial yeah. thing but uh, we are uh, we are what to say continuing that ancient thing it's amazing to see how we are continuing that amazing that thing from uh, the pre harappan level in balochistan to in balochistan there are two sites mehergarh and naushado where they have found uh, mother goddess figures and now we are still doing mother goddess worship it's amazing to think of in that way so many thousands of years have passed and nothing has changed for hinduism it and it's not just in uh, kerala or uh, you know the northeast uh, if you if you can tie this back there is a strong tradition of uh, grama devata worship in andhra mm-hmm. in karnataka mm-hmm. maharashtra the um, you know respect given to some form of renuka devi so mm-hmm. this is a, like you said it's a very uh, continuing uh, tradition it's from- a very continuing it's across uh, it's across uh, whole of india i've been to tamil nadu i've seen those gram devatas they are amazing and these are all part of hinduism all various forms of uh, various mm-hmm. forms of in- within hinduism itself right and is that uh, some uh, i mean is that a reason uh, why you associate the color red so strongly with durga puja at least from what i have seen you know you have this um, uh, sindur khela am i right mm-hmm. i've got yes, something yes yes of course thought. yes yes red color is very important because uh, red color symbolizes motherhood red color is associated with the woman womanhood menstrual blood it comes from menstrual blood red color because our worship of the mother of the woman started with fertility that she is giving birth to a life they did mm-hmm. not know how it was happening but they knew the woman is carrying it somehow she is getting pregnant and somehow this menstrual blood is connected to her uh, fertility and bearing child so uh, mm-hmm. they saw that uh, this red color that means symbolizes life it symbolizes fertility very interestingly in this paleolithic neolithic times they have found uh, bodies buried with mm-hmm. the red color on them they have painted the body red with those natural dyes they had at that time they had painted the bodies red you know why because they thought if we paint the body red it is going to go to the next birth the first concept of rebirth also came to the red color so red stands for life new life birth and uh, procreation fertility it is basically creation of a new life in harappa they have found women uh, figurines with uh, red color in the, like they were sindur now that is also a very continuity we are continuing it from harappa era it symbolizes uh, that that woman is uh, we are not, we don't know whether marriage uh, as proper as we now know was there in harappa non but this red color in that uh, hair parting symbolizes motherhood that this woman is ready to procreate she is ready to bear a child it means that that is why you don't find uh, kumari uh, unmarried girls and uh, widows wearing the red color 
sindoor because they are not procreating they are not bearing children they are not ready for it they are not doing it right now once you are married and you are ready to procreate you have a child you can have a child socially so you wear the sindoor it is signifying the red color signifies that you are according to this um, now modern uh, social rules you are attached to a man and you are going to bear his child that is the basic uh, symbolism mm-hmm. beyond uh, the sindoor that we put now earlier it mean the same thing in a different way that the woman is ready to bear children she is fertile she can bear children so the red color is very important for us because it symbolizes mother goddess fertility even uh, it is associated with earth goddess uh, some of the tri- tribals like the bheel community which stays in madhya pradesh area they still you know smear the uh, earth uh with red color because again it's same thing menstrual blood that so that they get good crops and uh, good uh, the they successfully they can harvest so again the red color is also associated with the fertility of the mother goddess we worship in kamakha what we worshiping the mothers uh, the uterus had fallen there womb had fallen there basically and uh, there you have this amavasya ceremony where the mother bleeds and uh, people go to kamakha and get clothes stained in that you get clothes over the small piece so they'll give you a small strip of cloth which is supposedly dipped in her blood it is red in color and uh, it is dipped in her blood and you keep it in your uh, puja mandir uh, so we are worshiping what we are worshiping the fertility of a woman we are worshiping a woman this is the biggest thing in hinduism where we are worshiping a woman and uh, so different so from the concept that, of a woman <laughs> being no <laughs> other religion trust me i have read other religious books no other religion honors women in this way here we are they are, in other religion they are busy hiding women over here a woman is wearing sindoor flaunting her fertility so thing mm-hmm. that she is proud to bear children she is a woman a woman of power fertility of bearing a child is something it's a very men don't have it only women can do it it's a what to say a power that a woman has so and it's a magical power so she is flaunting it in hinduism you flaunt your femininity you are a woman you flaunt it proudly by wearing a red sari by wearing a red sindoor you are flaunting it i'm proud of my to be a woman which religion mm. gives a woman this freedom no yeah. so this begs the question that um i mean i think all ancient cultures always um, sort of uh, worshiped fertility as uh, being something very primordial you know but uh, today if we see mm-hmm. we have become so um, queasy about discussing menstruation we hide menstrual uh, mm-hmm. things you know it and it is considered as a painful thing and and in fact most uh, most women have very difficult menstrual periods you know so mm-hmm. uh, one i mean is it a mind if you look if you look at victorian or something yes you know, this is our... this is completely victorian this is completely see we went through very bad invasions huh? both the abrahamic invasions were very bad for hinduism mm-hmm. then uh, this night marriage thing also started because of the same uh, same thing ah really uh, okay yes yes it also had that same thing because of the same problem of picking up women nightmare they used to get her married fast and mm. move out before anybody knows it okay 
<laughs> yeah, because always this has, uh, uh, you know, sort of stupefied me. We never have muhurtams mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, you know. But this is so, mm-hmm. night muhurtams are so common from Andhra upwards, you know. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. even Tamil Nadu has mm-hmm. night muhurtams. So it's been something mm-hmm. that it's been very common in North India. About. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, North, uh, North India, India saw the maximum, yes, maximum uh, uh, torture went on the side. So it happened that way. That's why. Mm-hmm. And even in Bengal, uh, marriages take place during the evening. Same reason that uh, hide and um, this has gone into the psyche of the Hindus that hide and. Uh, get the bride off as fast as possible, as young as possible, as fast as possible. Because mm-hmm. uh, they used to pick up women. And so uh, so all these things started coming and then came the British when they brought in their own victorial sense of moral which was never there in, in Hinduism. So that then also society, slowly, slowly this uh, Hinduism started imbibing this uh, negative things and uh, it became a very rigid sort of thing and... Uh, so now we are not uh, want, we don't want to discuss uh, menstruation, but this was once worshipped. If you see those figures, I don't know if you have seen them. If uh, it's that is also considered as Devi, uh, woman is sitting uh, in a way uh, with the legs spread, and uh, you can see her private parts almost. That is also worshipped as a Devi. That is yeah. uh, a basic uh, image of. Uh, of what to say, a woman is capable of giving birth. You're talking about the image from Hampi, I think. That is a very iconic... There are uh, lots of images. Uh, it's a very okay. uh, it's a very iconic image. If you uh, search for it, you'll get it and Google. There are lots of images. and uh, yeah. It's called Aditi Uttanapala. And it's uh, Gauri, Lajja Gauri. The common term for it is if you want to search Gauri, for it. Yeah. It's just um, Lajja Gauri. Yeah. So yes, it is yes. a fertility figure. It's a sexual high fertility figure where uh, she can uh, give birth. She's proud of that the whole thing. She's proud of her private parts. She's proud that she can give birth. So this was what one Hinduism was. It got corrupted after the invasion. So much of torture it went through. It got corrupted. And, and now people don't want to discuss all these things. Menstruation is uh, that uh, the idea that menstruation impure is also very later addition. It was never that. At that time, yeah. they used to ask the women to take a rest because they knew those four days were painful. Take rest. So that is how women, uh, that concept of four days of love, not touching anything, not doing anything has come. But the sense of impurity is very much not uh, ancient times. It was not there. It came in much later. Um, but this whole thing had, has been uh, so deviously twisted, right? Yes, For a yes. great tradition like ours, which celebrates mm-hmm. women in all its forms. I mean, in all her glorious forms. Yes, uh, yes. This, this uh, taboo on certain things and also, you know, shaming us for supposedly mm, shaming mm. women for being women. It is not even there in our tradition. And so it the is whole not thing there. Is not twisted and they have... Uh, this is a very uh, Abrahamic tradition you know, put, of shaming women. It was not there in Hinduism. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a message that really needs to go out even to our young girls. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I mean, it's, it's just so important, right? Because everywhere you see that uh, Hindus are the ones being shamed for so-called patriarchy and, um, you know, uh, disrespecting women and, uh, you know, kind of shaming the female body. That's not even our tradition. So it's been superimposed on this, These are all superimposed much later editions after the invasion started. These are much later ones. 
well western for that you come you... up uh, with a with a way to protest against uh, western treatment of women and they they went mm-hmm. with that there was that whole movement no bleed that was so ugly that movement was so ugly you know that happy to be those uh, yeah. those movements are very ugly the religion the religion uh, the behavior towards women is also very ugly so the movements are also very ugly we, <laughs> the we don't need to go to it because our religion yeah. is beautiful they worship the woman as a mother goddess and uh, uh, this all this uh, menstruation women should be proud of it because they can give birth to life which men don't do it they don't have that power in them women have it women should be very proud of it so yeah. we we talked about red color being very symbolic of uh, fertility yes yes um, now these days i've seen many people dress in the colors of navratri is that something that was is that, that a new addition uh these are uh, i'll tell you what they do is these are see the colors are the all these colors that are there are always associated with in hinduism and spring color was associated with uh, yellow yellow because okay. uh, yeah basant basant saraswati yes devi saraswati wears yellow color uh sign of again regeneration new birth life is coming again but in a much milder form red stands for that fertility basically the rest of the colors all have their uh, own meanings and uh, the first day of navratri uh, this is uh, navratri where uh, this is not the bengali ka, ka, this thing bengali is just the last five days we worship this is rest of india worships the navratri so the first day is uh, pratipat and it's the yellow day the first day of navratri is uh, when we worship shailaputri or the daughter of the mountains and uh, she is uh, she symbolizes uh, she is the form of mother nature because she is the daughter of the mountain she is the mother nature and she symbolizes uh, strength and yellow color is representative of happiness brightness and uh, it is an auspicious color to start off the celebration that's how the yellow is seen mm-hmm. the next day we is the second day is uh, the, is brahmach we worship the devi brahmacharini and it's green in color and it is uh, where we are seeking uh, spiritual knowledge and uh, in this brahmacharini is actually where the devi durga brahmacharini means she is going to the mountains and doing uh, tapasya but in order to get uh, lord shiva she wants to marry him and so she does the tapasya for her the green color here symbolizes growth nature and uh, related positive energy so it's basically growth in nature green color you know it's the same color of the leaf leaves so it's growth in nature third day is uh, where we worship chandraghanta she has a moon uh, on her head on her forehead so that is why she is known as a chandraghanta the uh, if you notice that uh, there's a beautiful bundbindi and below that there is the half moon over there that is chandraghanta third day and she wears a gray color the color is gray for that day because it symbolizes the moon and uh, destruction of the all enemies and she if you pray to her on that day wearing gray you know, she is uh, help you to destroy all your enemies so and the next is the fourth day where we worship uh, devi kushmanda and uh, the color is orange 
it's it's very devi kushmanda is very beautiful she's uh, like uh, her smile is very beautiful and she lights up the sun hence the color orange and uh, she is uh, so powerful that she can uh, also live in the sun that is her power so and orange color is a symbol of happiness energy and that brightness of the devi devi this devi is very bright she's she has a glow in on in, in her and the smile especially her smile is very beautiful next is the fifth day where we worship skanda mata she is the mother she is the mother of kartikeya skanda and the uh, color is white because it symbolizes purity of a mother's love and uh, since it's a uh, purity of a mother's love it also symbolizes purity of a devotee's heart so the color you wear on the fifth day is white because uh, she is a mother and sixth is devi kattayani now devi kattayani is the fifth form of uh, devi durga kattayani is when um, uh, you know the devi durga's two forms are devi kattayani and devi mahishashudmardini in uh, devi mahatma what is the difference between kattayani and mahishashudmardini is that devi kattayani is before she kills mahishashura so the moment she uh, pierces mahishashura's neck and kills him if you see the her murti imagine her murti she is taking that uh, trishul and plunging it uh, in on the neck the moment that happens and uh, he is dead she becomes mahishashura mardini before that before the killing she is devi kattayani but she is a very powerful destructive form and her color is red to symbolize that anger that uh action the color is red so on the sorry sixth day she was wearing red color symbolizing devi kattayani the fierce form of devi durga seventh day is devi kalratri she is also a destructive form of devi devi kalratri is a form of kali devi kali and uh, she is a destructive devi and uh, her color symbolizes color blue because uh, the blue color is the color of the cosmos the universe which is uh, where life starts and life ends and devi kali is there she is the uh, creator of life she is also the destruction of according to our shakta form she is also uh, the destroyer so the color blue is the universe symbol of universe so you are uh, when you wear the color blue you are on the seventh day you are basically symbolizing the devi kalatri eighth day is uh, you are worshiping devi mahagauri and uh, she is the calm form of devi durga and uh, you are wearing pink on that day and uh, she is the fulfiller of all desires whatever you want from ma that day she gives she is a giver mahagauri and the uh, ninth day is devi shiddhidatri we worship devi shiddhidatri she is it is the color is purple she is the giver of knowledge and helps you to whatever you want whatever you want you ask ma on that day she gives it to you and this color purple represents the ambition if you want something in life you are ambitious you want to work for it so color purple represents ambition and also power color the purple color is generally associated with royalty over here it represents ambition and power and uh, devi is gives that if you want it and if you worship her in that way she'll give it to you so these are the nine forms of the devi and the colors associated with her okay this is this is uh, truly beautiful uh, i'm just thinking you know if uh, 
parents can get their young daughters to mm-hmm. reflect on what you have said you know mm-hmm. they are never going to leave uh, the path of hinduism Isn't no so- they should not <laughs> it's the <laughs> most beautiful religion yeah yeah it is yeah what about the ritual uh, for uh, each of the and as 90- for the bengalis that they do the- i'm talking going into the bengali ritual of pujas of durga puja uh, the first uh, till shashti we are not doing anything from shashti the bengali start their puja and uh, this shashti there are three pujas that happened on shashti three very important pujas that happened on shashti that is known as kalpa rambha bodhon and third one is adivash plus amantran so there are three pujas which happen kalparamba which will take place at dawn at 4 o'clock in the morning and uh, it is kalparamba is a sankalpa you know it is a promise that you make that you will follow all the true rituals and you will do the puja correctly so it is a promise sankalpa it is a promise that you make to the god that you are going to do her puja properly and you will follow all the rituals at that time the ghatasthapana takes place when you place the ghat and you take a copper pot you fill it with water and you place it in a corner so this mm-hmm. is ghatasthapana time and you also doing the sankalpa you're promising you will follow all the rituals next puja is the bodhon puja which is this was in dawn sankalpa was in dawn and then this is all happening on the sixth day itself and uh, the evening puja is the bodhon where you are inviting the devi you are invoking her that now please come your time has come, your arrival has come your time has come to come to earth now you please come so we are invoking the devi at bodhon which takes place in the evening third is adivas plus amantran where uh, devi is invoked we are first in uh, bodhon we are asking we are invoking the devi we are awakening the devi next is we are now telling her uh, we have awakened you now please come so how do we represent the devi we are invoking the devi in a bell tree that eagle marmalos bell tree i'm sure you all know it's a bell uh, tree yes yes uh, in- invoking yes and uh, we are invoking the devi in that bell tree a bell uh, uh, tree is brought in and uh, it is she symbolizes devi and uh, to that tree we are sending an amantran an invitation to accept the pujas from next day so shashti mein these are the things basic formalities happening where we are uh, doing a promise we will do the puja properly then we are invoking the devi and then we are inviting her and uh, we are telling her ma puja will start from the next day so please come all this is accompanied by aarti is it and uh... this is basic no aarti nahi aarti will start from the next day this is when we are just inviting her ma come and uh, the your puja will start from tomorrow we promise we will do the puja properly and we are invoking you so please come so shashti me we are invoking her in a bell tree and we are telling her please come we are sending you the invite now next day the puja will start so it is here the shashti puja and the puja rituals the um, this uh, priest will do the normal puja mantras or the whatever mantras are required for the devi to be invoked she will do all that but actual puja now will start from mahashaptami okay okay and uh, uh, mahashaptami is uh, there is a very important part of uh, there is a, one more interesting ritual takes place on during bodhon the shishta i missed this out on shashti there is a very important ritual takes place it is the worship of the navapatrika 
Navapatrika is, you know what, it is a bunch of nine different plants along with a banana tree. They are all tied together and they are worshipped. This is very interesting, you know why? Because this Navapatrika, before uh, Bengal started this big way of worshipping Devi Motis, Navapatrika, the ancient time, used to be worshipped as Devi. Because she again symbolizes the agricultural fertility, the agricultural thing, and so that used to be worshipped uh, with the Devi, as the Devi. That ancient form of worship is still continuing in Durga Puja as Navapatrika worship on the sixth day. Hmm. It happens during so both one when we are invoking the day. What are the nine uh, nine patrikas or the uh, leaf? I'm assuming they are leaves or plants or something, no? They yeah. are plants. They are plants taken. Uh, Why I ask is on. because uh, uh. in Kerala also <laughs> we mm -hmm. have a thing, something called as dasha pushpam. So there uh -huh. are ten ten plants that are. Mm -hmm. uh, used i mean they they, they are called mm -hmm. pushpam which should mean flowers but they are actually uh -huh. not even flowers some of them are leaves some of them are flowers so there are some 10 uh, 10 plants that are used and they form a very important part of uh, uh, rituals uh, during a festival named as tiruvadira you know uh, which is mm -hmm. which is basically the uh, birthday of uh, uh, mahadeva you know, so mm -hmm. you have to you have to string these ten uh, ten plants together, wear it in your hair, and, uh, and things like that. Mm. You know, so that's very important. Yeah. Which is why I was very uh, curious. Maybe the plants are also the same. You know, the bale plant is also uh -huh. very sacred to Lord Shiva to Mahadeva, isn't it? Uh -huh. it is very sacred to Mahadeva. Yes, of course. Yeah, so it's Mahadeva. the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. tradition. So I won't be surprised if the nine plants that you're saying my uh -huh. turn out to be the same as what uh, Malayalis also call as the Dasha Pushpam. And I the won't be surprised Pati. if the, the the plants that we bring for uh, Ganesh Puja, I mean along with the grasses, there are different types of leaves that we worship mm -hmm. uh, Ganesha Ji with. So I mm -hmm. won't be surprised if those are also uh, the there is some similarity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The so now at one level, we it's are, very you know? interconnected. These are all very interconnected. Yeah, and, and I'm uh, sure those are the nine uh, plants that are important to us in some way or the other. Probably, you know, high medicinal. These are mostly to... medicinal plants. These are mostly medicinal. Ah, Whatever ah, we worshipped as medicinal values. Our, and you can see uh, right here how how our traditions connect with nature. You know, I mean, such yeah, a. See, ours is completely nature worship. Worshipping mother goddesses is worship of woman's fertility, which is nature. So you're worshipping. Right. Our entire concept is nature worship. We mm. humans are also part of nature. So it is a part of nature worship. True. Yeah. Yeah. So we were at the... Uh, Navapatrika. Um, yeah. The Navapatrika worship, yeah. which takes place on sixth day, they uh, take uh, nine plants. These nine plants are banana, colocasia, Turmeric, see, these are all medicinal, they have some importance, or medicinal importance or uh, uh, other uses are there, like banana, colocasia, turmeric, jayanti, wood apple, pomegranate, aram, rice, and ashoka. Okay, so okay. then I and think this they was the plants are different. I don't know the plants names are different. The top of my head. But these but must the be the um, concept of 9, 10 is there, you know. <laughs> This will mm. vary because according basic uh, based on the regional plants that grow. Kerala will have different vegetation than different. West Bengal. So, so, in, uh, basis, 
that is yes. based on whatever grows where and uh, this was originally a ritual observed by the farmers praying for a good paddy harvest they used to have this amondhan uh, harvest during this uh, autumn time so this navapatrika worship was then worshiped during the ancient times for a good harvest and that ancient form of the devi worship is still continuing in uh, this is the, the most amazing part is still continuing as part of durga puja and uh, it's uh, it is considered that navapatrika ritual is a primitive form of devi worship and it's still very much a part of the ritual also and uh, then starts the uh, shaptami puja and uh, normal we start with the puja and uh, priest will do the dhan mantra the normal durga stotram will be read but what is very important of the bengalis is the pushpanjali that is very important part of durga puja where everybody takes part in pushpanjali they have this pushpanjali three times three different mantras they will say and it is very important they will stand with the flowers in the hand the priest will do the mantra reading people will uh, recite it and then after each mantra you put the uh, flowers on the ma's uh, feet so again uh, once you have done second time third time three times this is a ritual of three times they will do it and uh, this pushpanjali takes place every day and it's very important all bengalis will take part in it at least for one day they will take part in it and uh, this is a very this most important times, part of our three times you mean uh, morning afternoon evening like that no 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 when you are doing it at that time you okay. do it three times in one puja itself it's done thrice right Yes, you will take flowers three times in your hand and put it in our feet three okay. times. Okay. So any any time, any time, your every day we have pushpanjali. Every day you come, you do it three times. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So this is a very important part of a puja, and uh, another very important part of uh, Bengali Durga Puja is a Shandi Puja. It takes place at the crossover time between Ashtami and Navami. when ashtami is moving changing over to navami there is a half uh, some period when uh, 24 minutes of ashtami and 24 minutes of navami this is taken mm-hmm. as a sandhi puja and this okay. is very important for us and uh, because there's a there are puranic stories and stories from the mahabharata also associated with it where two asuras chanda and munda had attacked devi maishashur mandini from behind and she was very angry that uh, you fight from the front you don't attack me from behind and she was so angry that from her anger came devi chamunda devi chamunda came from mother angry devi durga and chamunda was born and who kills the two asuras and okay. it is that uh, it is for this reason during this shandi puja ashtami and navami this uh, uh, junction period it is very important to give a bali They they symbolize the two asuras. They are being killed by Devi Chamunda. Okay. So okay. that is how the tradition of Bali is very important for the Shakta Puja. Mm-hmm. They symbolize the two asuras being killed, and uh, so Ashtami and Navami are very special for us for this for this reason. And uh, two the two most important days and Dashami Puja is uh, sad day where we are involved. We are. bidding the devi goodbye and uh, the women will put uh, sweets both in the house puja and the community puja they all put sweets in a mouth and sindoor in a hair another fetch farewell ritual they speak to the god they speak to the devi they ask her to come back the next year and now uh, once this uh, ritual is done then they play do sindoor khela they put sindoor on each other's forehead and uh, and play the sindoor for some time 
and uh, mm-hmm. then uh, after the ashtami puja is over there is a darpan visarjan which happens where a uh, symbol is a basically symbolic visarjan which is a uh, it signals the end of all uh, festivities where they place a mirror in the at the feet of a mother and the priest bends forward and sees ma's face in the water reflection that means mm-hmm. visarjan is over now ma is gone so that is the main visarjan happens and then they take her out and uh, uh, immersion in rivers and other water bodies wherever they go for visarjan that is the symbol that is just a they are taking mm-hmm. ma and but actual visarjan happens with that mirror in that water bowl where the, her face is seen by the priest and he declares i have seen her face and visarjan is over that means ma is gone now okay. i see this is very interesting i did not know this i did not know there is a Uh, you know the 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 visarjan ceremony is different from the actual act of uh, putting the murti yes. in the water body yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that is that is just you see what you but actual visarjan happens over there in uh, it's very beautiful very sad also people who have seen it they say it's very sad to see ma visarjan and uh, ma is going away that's a very sad moment for everyone that means it's gone she's gone now so, so tell me what do you uh, Uh, during that, uh, you, you said there is a bali uh, thing required, right? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And that sandhi puja. So, what is yeah. offered as bali generally? Bali, the generally, uh, traditionally, they offer a mahisha uh, is offered. Goats are also offered, and uh, mainly these two are offered. What was the first one? What did you say? Mahisha. Mahisha is. buffalo no ox uh, buffalo ox yeah those sort of uh, okay ox. okay yeah okay. ox okay. meat mostly ox meat yeah those were offered and uh, goats to were offered and uh, people who don't want to do it they, they will offer vegetables as sacrificial items but uh, sakta puja uh, people generally offer meat is a must for us meat uh, as a prasad is a must for us because of this bali because bali happens on ashtami navami so meat is uh, must for ashtami and navami for okay so the the reason that uh, the mahisha must be uh, the bali i guess the ox is because of the the asura right mahisha asura yes yes mahisha should mardani yes she's a killer yeah. of the mahisha yes correct <laughs> yeah yes. that's what i was thinking okay yeah that kind of ties in uh, t- ties up everything for us so it's yes. uh, absolutely amazing and then i wanted to ask you about the 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 conch you know the tradition of conch yes. blowing yeah. yes you hear that a lot during the puja time bengalis are love conch shell blowing and they will also blow conch shell during earthquakes and any disaster you will find bengalis everyone is uh, recently i was in uh, i've gone to calcutta and uh, There was a lot of rain with thunderstorms and all. Everybody was blowing the conch shells because okay. they say that the conch shell is said to be symbolic. When the sound that comes out from the conch shell is the sound of Om, and yes. Om is said to be the first sound of creation. That is why we blow the sound of conch shell so much because it symbolizes a positive thing. It is a good thing, and if we this during disasters while they are blowing the conch shell means that they want it's uh, the earthquake to stop. They want uh, mm-hmm. things to settle down. They are invoking the goodness, the good vibes, the sound okay. of Om. It's the sound of Om that is comes out, and Om, you know, is the basic sound. It's the first sound of creation. Okay, Shub, I've seen it's a lot of that in, in uh, weddings also. All the weddings. Every time, anywhere, all 
Bengalis, all everything is associated with Shravata, Shankadhoni, the blowing of a conch. The daily, the daily arti in the house during the evening arti. I think yes. you use. Uh, it's a compulsory. Time. They will blow it. Yes, they will uh, during the evening. Just when it becomes dusk, the evening is coming in, they'll blow conscience because it's a sign of uh, evening is coming, darkness is coming. Before that, we bring in the positive vibes. We are sounding Om. Okay. Yeah. So it's just a symbol of auspiciousness, no? Period. Yes. Anything it's a symbol of auspiciousness. auspiciousness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See, is yeah. Kali Puja different from Durga Puja? Which Puja? Kali Puja. Kali Puja. Kali Puja is different from Durga Puja, but Kali Devi, Kali is also a part of Durga. She is, uh, she emerged from Durga. She is also very, uh, very much part of Durga. And uh, there are also stories associated with her. And uh, uh, so the Puranic stories, the various stories associated, she may come, she, Devi, uh, she is there in Devi Mahatma. And uh, the, in fact, the first chapter of Devi Mahatma in Markandeya Purana is on Mahakali. And over there, interestingly, she shows shown as uh, she, appearing from the Vishnu as the Devi Yoga Nidra. And she wakes him up uh, because Brahma is in danger of two Asuras. He must have heard the name Madhukaitava. Yes. In the yes. Devi Strata, it is mentioned Devi is the killer of Madhukaitava. And uh, if you read the mantras, you next time you read the mantras, you read them very carefully, listen to everything. Everything is described there, whatever the uh, demon she's killed, where, where a house. Read Adya Stratto. You will find Devi's name in various places. It's uh, all our mantras are very beautiful. You just need to understand the meanings. And uh, so, this uh, she wakes up uh, Vishnu uh, to so that he can kill the Matu Kaitava. And uh, but uh, Vishnu is unable to kill Madhukaitavakatma because they were very powerful ones, and uh, long battle goes on for a long time. And uh, then Mahakali is seeing that it's going on for too long. She takes the form of Mahamaya and she enchants the two Asuras. And uh, when they are enchanted by Ma the beautiful form of Mahakali, Vishnu manages to kill them. He was not being able to kill them with the help of. Mahakali, he, Vishnu kills the two uh, Asuras, Madhu Kaitava. Then again, no. we find uh, in, uh, Devi Mahatma, again, we find Devi Kali is mentioned as uh, Chandamunda. The, when uh, Chandamunda is attacking Durga, and uh, that Chamunda form is also a form of Kali, and she appears as, uh, according to Devi Mahatma, she's appearing as in the Kali form with that sunken eyes, which we also call as Devi Chamunda, as I was saying just some time back. That is also Devi Kali, and uh, that is the anger of the Devi. Uh, the anger of the Devi, she is the, when the Devi is angry, she takes that form, sunken eyes, and uh, wearing a tiger skin, a very fierce form, wearing a garland of human heads. She comes and defeats the two Asuras. Then in the same battle, this is again the same battle going on and uh, where uh, there's another Asura called Raktabija who cannot be defeated because moment they are killing him, his blood falls on the ground and uh, immediately uh, countless Raktabija clones are appearing in the battlefield. So they were not, Devi was not being able to uh, kill this, uh, Devi Durga was not being able to uh, kill this Raktabija. So 
from her energy comes Devi Kali, who is a very fierce form, and she defeats him by drinking the blood. She does not allow the blood to fall on the ground. Before the blood falls, she drinks it, and that's how they kill Raktabija. Uh, it is that Devi Kali is actually Devi Durga's personified anger. That Devi Durga is angry. That form is Devi Kali. Mm. No, it is interesting that you uh, mm. you associated uh, Mahakali with uh, Vishnu because we, uh, I mean, I think in general we associate uh, Mahakali with uh, Shiva, Shiva, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, because uh, uh, the connection to Shiva, then if uh, see, see, both the groups, Shakta, the both the sects of Hinduism connected. Uh, with the Devi this way. The Vaishnavism connected through the story and uh, okay. Shiva. Okay. This is how the connections were made. Both the mm. groups uh, in South India, Vishnu, uh, the Devi is seen as the sister of Vishnu. Mm -hmm. Vishnu, okay. we call her Vishnu Amma in Tamil Nadu. The Devi Durga is standing and Mahisha with the spear in both her hands. She's standing straight. She is a sister of Vishnu. And, and also the uh, Mahishasura Mardini form, the Chamunda, mm -hmm. It's uh, mm. very popular in South India, including, you know, in Mysore. Chamunda is very popular. It's very popular. Yes. Because yes. she's also part of the seven matrikas. Chamunda is also a part of the seven matrikas. When she was fighting, again, uh, the her anger created the seven matrika forms, the fierce forms of Devi Durga. Chamunda is also a part of there. Okay. So it is yeah. very popular, uh, Devi. Yeah, this is, this is uh, so fascinating and we are blessed that ma devi durga has brought you to our podcast today to explain <laughs> everything so beautifully yeah <laughs> i love I mean, talking uh, about <laughs> devi and mother goddess worship it's my favorite topic <laughs> i mean it is it is also very mesmerizing you know the the it is very mesmerizing of tradi traditions that we have and have been following fascinating to go to read about all these things yeah, I, I I had one, you know, doubt in my mind whether mm -hmm. um, this tradition of worshipping the uh, Murti of Ma publicly was started mm -hmm. later, uh, you know, just like how the um, Ganesh Murti worship was yes, started. Yes, it was started later. Other areas. Oh, I'll I tell see. you the basic history how it started. I'll tell you how it started. It uh, our uh, see earlier they used to do in West Bengal. Uh, the Pata Puja was more popular. Pata Puja is where uh, you have to have a uh, of a say a, on a clay pot uh, symbolizing the mother. Maybe her mm -hmm. image was there. Maybe something which symbolizes the mother uh, was there. Like uh, in Lakshmi Puja, Bengalis. Uh, the West Bengal Bengalis, I'm talking, Bangladeshis were, are more, uh, Bangladeshi Hindus, they like worshipping the Murti. But the West Bengal Hindus, they, when they worship Devi Lakshmi, they put some symbolic thing of us, like um, uh, those cowries, you have those shells, it symbolizes uh, uh. Devi Lakshmi. They worship that. Or maybe they put a uh, pot symbolizing the pot of fertility, pot of wealth as the Devi Lakshmi. Devi figure is not there, but they worship these things. So earlier, Devi Durga, the Bengalis used to worship, do Pata Puja, where maybe a clay pot, may images there, or some symbolic representations, or the plant, they used to worship these plants also. So the Puja is very ancient, but what happened is, in the 10th century, I think something around 997 CE, 
the Malaraja, one of the Malaraja started the Muti Puja because he was, uh, he saw the Devi in his dreams. She was telling him to uh, do her Puja and so he started the Puja in his house in the form of a Muti, big Muti, Mrinmoi Ma. We call it as Mrinmoi Ma. So that was the first Puja in a uh, Muti form, big one. It started some around 997 CE. So it started at that time, but it is to remain in the house. Big, wealthy people are doing it in the homes. It is in the home puja. And uh, there was nothing, no concept of community puja. And since Jamindars and all used to do it, people used to go to the, they were all, the entire villages used to get invited. One Jamindar per village, everybody gets invited. For the next five days, nobody cooks, they eat at the Jamindari. The bhog, they eat over there. Mm. And uh, so this is how it used to go. But uh, later, uh, Raja Navo Krishna, they've started this uh, this show, this the grandness that you see in Durga Puja in Kolkata. It started something around that 17th, 18th century during the time when the British came. It started when uh, this uh, the king Raja Navo Krishna, he decided that he wants to show off his uh, that he is wealthy. He wanted to show off, so he saw Durga Puja as very dear to the Bengali heart. So he started the, doing the puja in a very grand way. And the moment he started, other zamindar said, we also not know less. Why should we uh, be far behind? They also started. So this concept of grand Durga Puja, uh, this grandness, splendor to show off started during that 17th, 18th century. Now what happened is that during the national movement, when they wanted the Hindus to unite and fight against the British, the community puja started. This is what we call as Barawari Puja. First uh, 12... We call it Barawari means Baro Yari. Twelve friends got together and made the first community puja. Okay. And it uh, started and uh, then it became uh, the Durga Puja, Kali Puja. Both got associated with nationalist movement of the Hindu nationalist movement. They both got associated with it. And it was these pujas as a community, they started uh, taking part in large groups so that more people take part in it. You're keeping the Devi in front and you are arousing the feeling of the love for your country. So this is how same concept, Ganesh Puja and Maharashtra happened the same way. That yeah. community puja started for the same reason, same nationalistic reason, same thing happened in Bengal with uh, Kali Puja and Durga Puja. Otherwise, these were all uh, pujas at the home when the wealthy people did in a huge way, the not so wealthy people did in a small way, but these were all home pujas. Mm. This community puja came during the time of the national Hindu national movement against the British. Okay, that, that's uh, interesting to know. Again, uh, there's a parallel with the Ganesh Puja right here. And, uh, uh, you know, in some of the pandals I have seen that the Ma is represented with both her children, mm. Kartikeya mm. and Ganesha. So now this is uh, because she comes home, she probably comes mm -hmm. home with her children, just like, you know, how uh, Gauri comes home during the Ganesh mm -hmm. Puja time. So it's all, mm -hmm. it's all coming together for me. She comes with all her children. And in Bengal, you know, uh, the, she has two daughters also. Lakshmi and Saraswati are seen as Durga's daughter. You know, oh, so... that was my next question. Why why are they also <laughs> represented in many of the uh, Murtis? She comes with the whole family. Two daughters, okay. two sons, she comes with the whole family. <laughs> so Beautiful. it's a major celebration and then daughter is coming with all her children it's been <laughs> so uh, variegated colorful you know just like everything about us is uh, so diverse and uh, you know, yes imbued with Hinduism the... is very diverse and full of colors beautiful religion 
totally totally so thank you manidipa ji for uh, giving us uh, your time so generously and sharing with us um, you know the the celebrations the celebrations of bengal you know so yes, i actually it is the yes the celebration <laughs> of bengal yes <laughs> so, i think we got we to hear about transported yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's just so so colorful so diverse and so mm. mesmerizing it's wonderful yeah. i we've got a great deal of insight into the durga puja of bengal and yeah. uh, i think our listeners also would uh, you know be happy Definitely with uh, yeah yeah so thank you very much and uh, we'll thank you for inviting me you. yes yeah and we will call you for uh, some other uh, issue that we will discuss sure, sure. Sure. yeah 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 you have a lot to say you know so we will definitely be <laughs> yes i would love to talk uh, about hinduism yes <laughs> yes sure sure yeah so thank you so much and uh, thank you wish you wish you a very happy uh, the uh, durga puja in advance and uh, thank you so much same to you have yeah. a good time with the mother <laughs> thank you so to our listeners too uh, we wish you all a very happy navratri if you're celebrating that and a durga puja if you're celebrating that uh, please go and enjoy and uh, please also understand the significance of our festivals and uh, you know you immerse yourself in them because that's what will uh, uh, you know keep you rooted to who you are and where you come from so with that uh, we will end this podcast